Welcome to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Kantar and Side Business School, University of Oxford. In each episode, we speak with marketing leaders and share insights to help brands and business leaders navigate the ever-changing marketing landscape and hopefully dispel some myths and misconceptions along the way. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Future Podcast. I'm Valeria Piaggio, Global Head of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at Cantar, and I'm joined today by Jerry Dakin. He's an industry leader, marketer, and author of a new book on inclusion marketing. Welcome, Jerry. Thank you so much for having me, Valeria. It's great to be here. It's a pleasure having you, and congratulations on your new book. It's been a busy month for me. I got married, launched a book at the same time, but thank you very much for having me on to talk about it. Wonderful. Well, why don't we get started there? Can you share a little bit about you, who you are, and your journey to writing this book? Yes. My my day job is um, I've led media teams, global paid media teams, in a range of client-side advertisers over the last decade or so. I currently am um, VP head of media at the alcohol company Beam Suntory, and I've done similar media or digital roles at um, GSK, at Halion now, at, at Diageo, at Mondelez, um, and so uh, lots of big media marketing digital roles. But alongside that, I've always really been passionate about the opportunity for diversity and inclusion in our marketing. Um, I'm, a, I'm a gay man myself, and I guess that to an extent makes me aware of kind of the ways in which sometimes advertising shows different perspectives and sometimes it doesn't. And so I became involved a couple of years ago with the World Federation of Advertisers. They have a, a global um, diversity task force, and I became the the co-chair of that and one of their two diversity ambassadors trying to work with that group as to how we as an industry improve both the diversity inclusion 
of our industry and the people working in it, but in particular in the focus of my area, how we improve the diversity and inclusion of what we put out into the world. And we created a sort of simple process, which really which really said that the, the right way to do that is to break down the marketing process through different stages and work out how you think more inclusively at every stage. We created that as a kind of open source framework. And then a year or so ago, I thought, well, it's nice that we have all the questions at every stage, but wouldn't it be great if we had some of the answers? So I set about interviewing a whole load of people to get their intersectional perspectives on uh, their life experiences, how we drive inclusive marketing. Uh, and uh, I put all that together in, in the book, Inclusive Marketing, as you mentioned. So yeah, it's kind of a, a combination of my passion product project uh, and then working with a whole load of global advertisers who are also really passionate about this topic. That's quite an interesting method, interviewing other people. Uh, why did you think that was important when writing this book? Well, um, probably two answers. One is I, I sat down to write it and realized I didn't have all the answers. So I thought, well, it's quite important. I speak to some other people, learn from some other experiences. But I think um, even more importantly, that it, it's a book about inclusive marketing. It's a book about inclusion. And, and a big part of what it talks about is that you need to listen to different perspectives and different life experiences to be able to do that well. So I thought I should really, um, you know, live live my message And I figured, you know, you can't have an inclusive book if it's not inclusive of different perspectives. So I deliberately tried to speak to people that had different um, different experiences of industry, whether that's sort of client side, agency side, whether they were older or younger, men, women, different um, different genders, different sexualities, different races, different disabilities, just to try and capture both kind of people's expertise at different part of that process and also their personal life expertise and what they've learned from their own kind of their own personal journey. Um, and yes, it was just it was important to me to be inclusive in in how we wrote the book as well as uh, in what we talked about. That's such a wonderful approach. Thank you for sharing that. And Let's get to the topic of inclusive marketing itself. Um, you have recently written an article and the title was quite catchy. You said inclusive marketing is just better marketing. Can you define uh, inclusive marketing and why is it better than traditional approaches? Yeah, I think people do mean somewhat different things by it. And um, generally, it's, it's marketing where you force yourself to be inclusive of, of some of the margins, some of the more diverse groups in society. I think sometimes that sort of manifests itself in the kind of um, sort of purpose-based campaigns where companies specifically champion a, an audience or a group and, and tell a powerful story. But actually, inclusive marketing is much bigger than that. It's about thinking about your entire marketing process from your product and your service through to the marketing and really just trying to consider different perspectives along that journey. Um, and so our job as marketers is to create and sell products to people. And those people are not ourselves. They are different to us. And I think one of the, the worst mistakes marketers can make is we create products and we create adverts that that suit our own needs. And actually, great marketers get outside of that. I, I spoke a lot with Mark Ritson, who's a fairly outspoken marketing professor, and he talked about how what he trains marketers on is, is thinking outside of themselves, forgetting themselves, and looking at the consumers out there. So inclusive marketing is really just thinking about different perspectives to your own, um, different diverse perspectives, different life experiences, 
and and whether that means different things for your products for your marketing for everything you do and often there are you know there are things that unite everybody and people are you know the same products the same solutions the same messages can work for everyone but sometimes you'll uncover really interesting insights opportunities stories to tell new innovations to create new um new changes to your product that make them more accessible to everyone. And that's that's why it's better marketing, because by by looking at some of those different voices, you create marketing that works better for mainstream audiences and also helps you find and grow into new audiences. So, Jerry, you have established inclusive marketing is better marketing. So how can marketers and advertisers achieve inclusive marketing? What are your recommendations in terms of the considerations and the processes they need to follow in order to get there? Yeah, and I, I hinted at it a bit before, but there's sort of a spectrum of what we mean by this. And I think um, a lot of marketers start in a in a bad place, which is where either we just haven't been inclusive and representative in, in how we think about marketing, or perhaps we've tried to include and represent different people, but we've done it in a fairly stereotypical way. And I think every single brand, every single marketer in the world should be able to get to a position where they are, um, you know, the, the advertising they create, the products they create are genuinely inclusive, genuinely reflect and meet the audiences that they talk to. And some marketers will go further and some marketers will want to champion certain causes and do purpose-based campaigns and things like that. But that's sort of icing on the cake. Um, and as, as I hinted at in the conversations with the, with the other advertisers that, that feature throughout the book, we kind of learned that many companies, especially sort of big global companies, but, you know, companies of all size want to do this. People want to do better marketing. They want to do more inclusive marketing. Um, you know, there are some barriers, but often it's people want to do this. They just don't know how or it gets forgotten along the way. And so that's why we really looked in detail at the marketing process. We broke it down into kind of four phases, but. 12 individual stages like so it's right from the the brief the insights that you have how you brief your agency and your partners what are some of the assumptions you're making there have you got you know broad data sets have you really looked at have you listened to different voices right at the start through into kind of as you ideate who are the teams who are the people working on this work do you have diverse perspectives naturally if not can you bring them in through consultants and partners and specialists as you as you work up the ideas especially if it's a if it's a a piece of communications are you really thinking holistically not just about you know who you put on the camera but how they act how they might be differently how they might respond differently and yeah right right through into kind of making the stuff what do you need to do differently in terms of the environment you create on set in terms of how you cast in terms of how you think about editing what you create and even you know my personal expertise are in are in media and how we actually launch campaigns launch products um, and even how we spend our money and what we fund or what we choose not to fund can have a really important impact so yeah that's the, the heart of the book is to think that there's no there's no single way to to jump to success though the biggest way throughout is to make sure that you listen to different voices and have empathy for different perspectives but really at every stage in the process you need to ask yourself what am i accidentally excluding here because of my bias or assumptions or what are some of the opportunities to do something bigger or better or different if i explore different more inclusive perspectives hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Thank you for that. Very insightful and it certainly gives guidelines to marketers. You mentioned uh, that marketers might face challenges or barriers. And one of them might be the one you addressed in the book uh, related to the know-how. But what other barriers do you think marketers are facing when trying to do inclusive marketing? Yeah, there are, there are many sort of micro barriers along that journey. I think like some of the the biggest factors that affect all marketers are probably resources and time. Um, you know, most, most people in our industry seem to be kind of overworked and we have, you know, a lot of things thrown at us. Is it, you know, digital transformation, D&I, you know, different requirements, different things we need to land, sustainability and other aspects. Um, and I think it can feel a little overwhelming for marketers. And I think if you've got limited budgets, limited resources, limited focus, um, that can push you on the back foot. You know, DNI and inclusion is something that sometimes takes time, like to do casting well, to listen to different voices sometimes takes time. So you really have to try and set yourself up for success, try and allow yourself enough time to do that. I think there are, you know, although a lot of it is um, unconscious bias and people, you know, just forget, forgetting along the way, there are, there is, deliberate pushback at times as well you will encounter in stakeholders you know sometimes a senior leader or um, if you're a global business perhaps different markets different regions feedbacking uh, providing different feedback on what you're doing um, and then some of that you need to listen to and understand like inclusion varies around the globe and people have some you know there can be very valid concerns about how your brand comes across etc but often that's around education around challenging people's assumptions, sometimes around research. If if you're not sure how an audience will respond to a different um, angle, a different uh, take, a different story, that's why we have research for. So so test it out and see what happens. So yeah, make, make time for yourself. Um, try and have some of those senior conversations early so that you've got good alignment and good support. Um, and if, if you need to, do research or or look to some of the publicly available research that shows how powerful this this work can be and how effective it can be. Thank you for that. So you mentioned research as a tool to make sure marketers are on the right path because if if there's something that is true is that inclusive marketing gets noticed and elicits strong reactions. Sometimes those can be very positive, but often we find that advertisers getting hot waters and those reactions can be negative uh, because you know we are facing in many cases a social context of extremes and uh, opinions that are very polarized 
So aside from that research to better understand how the message can be perceived by different audiences, especially the intended audience, do you have any recommendations for brands that are navigating polarized, often extreme social environments? Yeah, I think the first thing I'd say, although those extremes do exist, it's it's fairly rare that you, you really come across them. And even in cases where there is some noise, it's often quite a small number of people. And and to that sort of spectrum I talked about earlier, the um if you're if you're really going out there and you're doing like a purpose-based campaign, if you're um activating around pride or Black Lives Matter or like a you know, slightly more low, you know, supporting the trans community, which unfortunately gets um, a lot of uh, unfair um, negativity around it. I think some of that stuff where you really push yourself out there, you know, you you will find people who don't like it. And sometimes people from their own community, you've got to be really careful. Um, but most of what you're doing in terms of inclusive marketing, in terms of creating products and services that better meet different people's needs in terms of having adverts that tell slightly different stories that show different perspectives that show different people most of that stuff doesn't doesn't raise an eyebrow at all people hardly don't realize they notice though it can lead to better more effective more emotional advertising just by the the power of the richness of some of the stories you tell and how how relevant it can feel to people so it's 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 fair to say that the worries are often uh, bigger than the reality, even even in some of the more famous examples where companies have had a lot of debate or really stood up for a cause. It's it's usually quite small. But in those cases, yeah, like um, research is important, both at the start of that process, really listening to audiences, voices, especially the community you're trying to talk to and represent, make sure you're fairly um, representing them in a positive way as well. Uh, and trying to, you know, either tap into external research partners, perhaps ERGs, kind of member groups within your own company to, to kind of get some of those perspectives. And then definitely having a plan for how you're going to respond. I think like the worst thing a company can do is to sort of make a, a fairly progressive bit of creative and then back away from it. You've got to be you've got to be willing to stand by it. You've got to be willing to stand by the message behind it and, and why it's important to your business. And if you are making a big point that you're standing up for for pride or for a cause, you need to make sure that your business is also taking actions, you know, that you're not just pretending that that you, that you have good policies, um, that you've made, you know, good partnerships, good support that that back that up. And then if there is discussion, if there is debate, then you can respond to it. And frankly, it's usually a very good thing when people are talking about our adverts. Most of us uh, would love to see that. Exactly. Uh, you know, at, at Kanta, we typically talk about brand bravery, you know, that courage that is needed, especially when you're tackling important social issues. So that's certainly, you know, an element of courage that is required when doing inclusive marketing. So thank you for, you know, giving very tangible ways of taking action and standing by what are the brand's values and the brand purpose. So one of the things that marketers often ask from us is that question around what is the return on inclusion? You know, is it, you know, good to think about inclusive marketing as a way to gather business results? What would you say are the ways to measure inclusion marketing? Is sales the way to look at it? Or what are the things that marketers need to take into account? Yeah, I mean, if we, if we take our starting assumption that inclusive marketing is is good marketing, it still needs to drive 
the very same things that any other marketing does, which yes, is is ultimately a combination of um, sales in in the short and long term, and also um, brand equity, um, brand building, and kind of stuff that pays back longer term. Um, it can be difficult to um, isolate the the impact of of inclusive marketing, inclusive thinking, especially because if you if you do it properly, it should permeate everything that you're doing, all your touch points, all your communications. If you just do a kind of standalone campaign that is, um, you know, one piece of creative that's a bit more deliberately inclusive, or one partner you work with, you can often isolate and measure that, but that's not. You know that's not truly making your marketing inclusive. Um, so it's it is in many ways it's how you would measure what you're what you're no- normally doing. The same sort of brand tracking you might do. The same sort of um, tying to to long and short term sales. But of course, you know there is specific research you can do. You can um, you, if you're doing ongoing brand tracking or consumer research, you might want to ask some specific questions around you know whether. Um, whether they see your brand as inclusive or whether they see it as a brand that specifically talks to people like them. I've, I worked, for instance, at, um, when I was at GSK, we worked on an ongoing partnership with Gay Times. And so we were specifically talking to the LGBT community on some brands. And we did some specific research with them, which was how does that community that we're deliberately over-indexing with, what do they think about us? Um, what's their brand sentiment? What's their purchase intent do they think we're inclusive um so i think yeah it's, it's a lot of what you would normally do if it's if it's certain activities specific activations you may be able to measure it generally otherwise it's about improving the effectiveness of all your marketing and and in the book there's a whole chapter on a lot of the research out there um from people like yourselves at Cantar, from system one from others who really have researched into and it's it's not like a magic effect about it. In- inclusive marketing is is better because it's built on more consumer insight because it tends to dig out better stories and because it better engages a, a broader range of the consumers that we're that you're talking to. It's not a mysterious magic that somehow it works better. It's just it's just doing marketing better. <laughs> <laughs> Makes total sense. So my last question to you, Jerry, is to think about the future. You know, and as you see the industry, you might have some ideas about the evolution of marketing and the evolution of inclusive marketing. What are your thoughts about uh, the next couple of years uh, in terms of how the industry is evolving? Yeah, it's a big question. But I mean, in many ways, the future of our industry and what we produce depends on the makeup of the industry. And actually, one of the things that WFA is really proud to partner with Kantar on is a, is a global census of diversity and inclusion in across the industry. Um, we did it, uh, I guess it was a year or 18 months ago or something. Now we're going to do it again um, in Q1 2023. Um, I think that's going to be a really important thing for people to take part in to help us understand how is the industry changing? How are people's attitudes? And as an industry, how do we do more to bring different diverse perspectives in? Because we know we're not perfect yet we don't have fair representation across a wide range of characteristics um if, if you look more more into the future over the next year or two it's, it's hard to avoid the fact that the world uh, to different extents is potentially going to have a, a tough couple of years there's some challenges around cost of living around inflation um a lot of uh, marketing companies considering whether they need to tighten their belts and cut spends and things 
But it is, it's notable that DEI and sustainability is only becoming more important and more embedded in, in senior marketing conversations. They're increasingly, it's part of business strategy, increasingly it's part of people's objectives, targets, and goals. And so I think it's really, really critical as brands potentially have to make difficult decisions about their investment that they don't, um, they don't see DEI and inclusive marketing as something that they pause that they pull back on that they stop initiatives on and if you've truly embedded it into the core of your marketing you won't need to pause on it because it will just be part of what you do every day um, so i think we'll see companies moving beyond inclusive marketing being a one-off campaign or a one-off partnership and just becoming an integral part of of what they do of how they communicate of how they partner of how they talk to different audiences um, and i think it will lead to to better marketing as a result um, and I think lots of the new technologies, targeting, digital data, even even the, the, the metaverse and other things that are coming down the line are really interesting opportunities for how we shape those to being inclusive and to make everyone accessible. But yeah, there's going to be a, a challenging couple of years. It's important that we keep a focus on inclusion. And, and definitely if you work at an agency, if you work more um, on that side of our business, it's a huge opportunity for you to create and thought leadership for you to be able to provide solutions to your clients because clients are definitely going to be asking for this stuff and they're going to want to find ways to build it into their business as usual. You've been listening to Future Proof from Kantar and Side Business School. For all episodes and more information, visit kantar.com or oxfordfutureofmarketing.com. If you enjoyed this, please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode.